Living Heart Doula and Wellness shares resources and education on pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and wellness topics. We want to share evidence-based information that raises awareness surrounding maternal health so we can empower families and the professionals who care for them. Hi, Jill. Welcome to the Living Heart Doula podcast. Hi, how are you? Doing good tonight. So can you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. I am Jill Arnold, and I have my doctorate in physical therapy, and I treat predominantly pelvic floor, but I throw in a little craniosacral and visceral therapy as well, Um, and I treat prenatal and postnatal clients, but a lot of pelvic floor, so a lot of internal physical therapy. And what do you want people to know about pelvic floor physical therapy and what can be treated? Okay, so I would love for people to know that pelvic floor physical therapy really, I promise, isn't as scary as people think it's going to be. And usually as patients are leaving that first visit, they really end up saying, oh my gosh, why did I put this off for so long? It really wasn't that bad. Um, yeah, it's like awkward because someone's inside you that's a stranger, but we end up making it a lot of fun. We get to know each other. We end up laughing and people end up feeling hopeful that their problem that they're coming for is going to be addressed appropriately and they're going to be feeling better. Um, as for what we treat, Um, We can treat anything from incontinence, and that's urinary and fecal, pelvic pain, prolapse, vaginismus, pudendal neuralgia, that's involving the nerve that innervates all of your pelvic floor muscles, Um, diastasis recti, when your abdominals kind of split open, not a good thought, but it happens, Um, pubic symphysis dysfunction, coccidinia, when your tailbone is painful, um, and tearing during childbirth and, and a lot more. The list goes on. So take us through what like a typical appointment looks like. So I'm going to start by just saying what a first visit looks like, because that's most of the time what everybody is pretty freaked out about. Um, so first of all, everybody fills out a medical history before they come. So we kind of review that together. So I get your health picture in my head, and then we go through why you're here, what you need to be having addressed, and when that started, how it started, if it's changed over the course of time, Um, and then if it's specifically pelvic floor, we will go through, I'm going to ask detailed questions about bladder, bowel, um, menstruation, and sexual intercourse, just because Uh, It helps me put all of the pieces of the puzzle together as we're going and helps me formulate my thoughts as to what is causing what um, and other things that might be kind of happening because of the problem. Um, Also, we go through and we do measurements just like you would do for any other part of the body. Um, We take flexibility and strength measurements of your legs, of your core, Um, I measure for a diastasis, check if there's one there. 
I also evaluate skeletal symmetry. So I scan for if there's any skeletal dysfunctions in your spine and your pelvis. And then I typically go ahead and correct those um, before I ever look at your pelvic floor, just because if you're, you know, if your alignment is off and I go and I check your pelvic floor, your pelvic floor muscles are actually attached to those pelvic bones. So if those bones are off in any way, it can pull on those muscles and make tension appear that wouldn't normally be there. So I wanna get those pelvic bones lined up and then evaluate the pelvic floor so it's a true picture of what your pelvic floor muscles are looking like. Then when I go to your pelvic floor, I always offer my patients a mirror and I strongly suggest that they watch through the mirror so that they can familiarize themselves with their pelvic floor. A lot of women, that have pain and after childbirth, they kind of disassociate themselves with their vaginal region, which is not a good thing. So I encourage them, I educate them as to what their body parts are, and we just kind of look through together. Um, I always start externally and kind of looking at their labias, making sure that there's no redness, tenderness, looking for any tearing that may have occurred, occurred during childbirth. Um, and I also evaluate if there's any muscle tension, um, there's external muscles that I palpate, I feel with my gloved fingers and just to see if there's any tension noted externally before I even go internal. And then, um, I go internal and inside the pelvic floor, I always visualize the pelvic floor as a clock. So your pubic bone would be 12 o'clock. Your tailbone would be six o'clock and your sit bones, those bones that when you sit on someone, they dig into your lap, they're going to be three and six. So, and you have inside, you have three layers of your pelvic floor muscles, superficial, middle, deep. Um, the superficial pretty much, you know, act as your sphincteric, um, help with sexual function, um, a lot of sexual function there. Your second uh, layer of muscles is your bladder, uh, very much associated with your urethra, your bladder. Your third layer is tied in with your hips, but also can affect your bowel movements that contributes with the third layer there. So with every layer of pelvic floor muscles, I evaluate the clock and I am evaluating for how the muscle tissue tension feels. Is there tension? Is there a lack of tension? Is it boggy? Um, and then you know, then I test for strength, I test for prolapse. Now, I don't test each of those things, like the strength and the prolapse, every time if they're coming, say, for pelvic pain. If they're coming okay. for pelvic pain, at every visit, I go in and I, you know, like I said, I start external, I go internal, I affect, you know, I check every spot along the clock and every layer. And then I use different techniques. It could be different for every patient, what they um, tolerate the best uh, to release the tension from at each and every site along the pelvic floor as we go. So it could be, I mean, depending on how tight they are. And some people are so tight, I can only get a pinky inside. And that's, a, that, oh, yeah, wow. that's, that's okay. That's just where we have to start. And um, and some people I can fit two fingers in, you know, it's, it's totally different mm -hmm. patient to patient and I just tailor it towards each patient and what they need. And so for those pelvic pain patients, depending on how much tension is there, 
in the beginning, it might be the whole appointment is just decreasing tension um, throughout their entire pelvic floor and then maybe fitting them for a dilator and all that. I know we'll get into that later, but, yeah. um, but then, you know, teaching them how to use that, but also just teaching them exercises on how they can, you know, maintain decreased tension. Um, or I can't ever forget, you know, flexibility of the legs ties right into the pelvic floor. So if you have tight inner thighs, tight hamstrings, tight hip flexors, that can all contribute to tight pelvic floor. So we don't want to just focus on the pelvic floor and lose sight of the whole person. So you want to keep addressing any um, restrictions or imbalances that you see throughout the body that can also be carried down to the pelvic floor. Um, if there's a strength problem, a prolapse problem, then, you know, we'll be doing Kegels, um, and just, you know, saying, uh, it totally depends on the patient's strength. So I measure, I measure Kegel strength and sometimes, um, patients are not strong enough to do Kegels in sitting or standing or even laying down. Sometimes they actually need to be laying down with their buttocks propped up on pillows so that gravity is actually helping their pelvic floor yeah. Kegel. And sometimes I have to evaluate which muscles, um, if they're that weak, which muscles, if any, can they also contract to help the pelvic floor remember how to contract? So it might be some accessory muscles that I need to teach them how to kick on at first. And then once they're strong enough, we dye those accessory muscles back down and really work on isolating once their pelvic floor remembers what to do and has that strength and all that kind of stuff. And then we measure the pelvic floor's um, endurance. And so there's long Kegels, there's short Kegels, and then how many of those can they do before they fatigue and making like a super tailored exercise program for each patient if that's what they need, basically. Okay. I mean, and that's why this kind of care is so important and so special because oftentimes like we're told like, oh, you just need to do Kegels and you'll feel better, you'll stop leaking. Exactly. But if but if you're not doing the Kegels correctly, or if your pelvic floor is already really exactly. tight and those muscles are super tight, you're, you're hurting. Exactly yourself. right. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. And, um, and maybe even some other providers don't realize that just saying, oh, do your Kegels without evaluating that tension, it can actually do more harm than good. And say a patient wasn't having pelvic pain that much, it could actually flare it up and now they're having pain all the time or now they're having pain with intercourse all the time because they had that you know minimal to moderate tension that was okay but then they started doing kegels without being evaluated and now everything's like crazy on fire and and just affecting their life so yeah I really I really say use caution if you're just, you know, telling people, oh, just go do Kegels. And, you know, friends joke around with me and they're like, oh, Jill, just shout from the corner. Everybody do your Kegels. But really pelvic floor physical therapy is so much more specific. And it's not just yeah. go do your Kegels. That's actually not at all the majority of what I see is just do <laughs> go do your Kegels. And yeah. It's very specific. It's very tailored um, to each and every patient that walks in my door. I don't think any two patients walk out with the same Kegel exercise if I even do give them Kegels. Yep. Yeah. 
and often, you know, talking about, you know, my experience with pelvic floor, um, physical therapy, everyone always wants to ask, like, about the internal effects and the tools, you know, like dilators. Mm-hmm. And they often seem so worried and, like, and uncomfortable that, like, this is going to be awkward. It's going to be embarrassing. How do you go through this? But it really, it never was. And, like, it was something that helped my quality of life so yeah. much. So what can you tell people about like internal work and the tools for care and like, and I always try to explain to people like how this is completely different than going for a path. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point is there, there, at least in my office and most of the pelvic floor PTs, I know there's no speculum. There's nothing other than my fingers, my gloved fingers that will be inserted vaginally um or rectally because that does happen to only as necessary um but really oh man it's it's not i know it seems so weird to hear somebody say it's not that weird having somebody stick their fingers (laughs) in your vagina but honestly like we end up having like a hilarious time and it i mean it all depends on the patient too like if you come in and and like you have your mindset that you hate this and you're just getting it over with and everything, then, you know, you might not get as much from it. But if you walk in and I, I try my very best to put patients at ease because I know it is nerve wracking yeah. coming in for this type of thing. And, um, of course to me, like, like I go to my, for my pelvic floor if I need it and I just hop on her table and just like, it's no big deal. But then I realized, yeah. okay, this is what I do every day for my living. So that probably isn't the same as everybody else. So, um, but it's really like, you know, I go at your pace. I always, you know, if you need to stop, if you need to slow down, you know, all that, of course, you know. But then at the same time, yeah. some patients, they, I mean, it depends because sometimes I need to ask like for, feedback from my patients. Does this feel better? Does this feel the same to you? How does this feel? Like checking in, of course, you know, all that. But some patients, they don't have that great of body awareness, especially if they're just not that familiar with that area. So there's a lot of education going on the first couple of appointments just to increase the awareness, make sure you know what I'm doing, all of that. But then once we know each other, once you know what's going on and everything like that, some people, like, it's just like a maintained pressure. So, and I'm checking in every now and then, but sometimes we just get into conversations either about pelvic floor, about your family, about your life, about your work, that, you know, the whole session's gone and I've, like, we've made so much progress. And then at the end, I'll be like, hey, I can fit two fingers in now. And I mean, most likely the patient's like, are you kidding? That's awesome. I like this blew by. I can't believe that's the end of the appointment. So it ends up being like, I, I feel very fortunate that I love my job that much and that we can have that much fun and appointments and still be making progress. And it's just the best mix for me professionally. Um, But then it's also a lot of what the patients do in between visits, because if I'm seeing patients once a week, what I do once a week isn't going to make that much of a difference if the patients aren't doing something 
in between those appointments to either maintain or even to improve progress even more. So I, you know, I, I have my patients get what's called a dilator and they range in size. If you can visualize like a plastic tampon, um, it's kind of that same, um, the same shape and they alter in different sizes. They can go from the size of your pinky up to the size of, I think it's like an extra large penis. So obviously some people are not working up to intercourse. Majority of mine are. So we, you know, I size them, I fit them just seeing how much of my fingers they can tolerate without pain. Um, and then I size them, I have them order them from the website and along with lubrication. And then I have them bring the dilator in and we go over how to use that dilator together so that there is zero questions on how to do it when they get home. And then it's like a daily exercise. It's like 10, 15 minutes every day at first that I have them do just to maintain and then they see what the difference is. You know, I have a patient that I'm treating right now and she sees the difference, like her pelvic pain will start ramping up. And then thank goodness during this quarantine, I taught her how to dilate and she just does her dilator and her pain comes right back down. So it's a great pain manager. Um, and then as, as the patient progresses, I, you know, progress them on dilator sizes and move them up, move them up um, until I think that they're an adequate size to help them meet their goals. Um, And there's also what's called a TheraWand, and it's kind of like an S-shaped wand. And that's more for like in the way I use them is like if they don't have as many um, pelvic floor as much pelvic floor tension in like the first layer and everything and if it's like deeper and around the corner like a hard to reach spot and stuff like that that's where that comes in really handy is if they can like get it in there because it's an s shape they can get those spots over closer to the hip or you know or over to the right of the tailbone and stuff like that and just work right in there so it's a little bit more um specific, whereas the dilator is a lot more general stretch, that their wand is more specific pinpointed to certain areas. And it's just up to different therapists what they think their their patients will benefit from the most. Yeah, I mean, because personally, like, I use the TheraWand, and that gave such huge relief. Like, I could tell, like, hey, my prolapse is starting to get angry. And yeah, you know, could use that and in an hour. I exactly. would be normal. So it's yeah. such a huge yeah. relief. Um, so what can people do for the public? So floor? I would say, um, of course, we mentioned Kegels. And I would say, ah, I, you know what's a plus is I've had a lot of pregnant patients. I've had like an influx of pregnant patients coming in. And I'm so happy to see to hear this is that they're coming in of their own accord and just getting like a prenatal kind of exam. And I should put it out there that I myself, I don't go internal um, unless I have okay from a doctor. Like if I have a patient coming for, you know, they want to start their Kegels, 
first off, I will try just myself because back in the day when I became um, a therapist that went to do internal, it wasn't allowed at all to go internal. I kind of came up in that mind mindset, I guess. But if you think about it, we're so clean. We're introducing much less um, into the pelvic floor than say during intercourse where maybe nobody showered before, you know, so it's kind of funny to think about it, but I will open the labia and visualize the patient doing a Kegel and kind of same thing. I can time it and I can get a lot of information externally. Are you tying in too much of your glutes? Are you not drawing in as much of your front, you know, your urethral muscles? Are you using, you know, too much of your abdominals trying to overcompensate for a weak pelvic floor, give a lot of cues. So I'm doing that right now with some. So just kind of um, getting started on that Kegel strength. But I also always use my questions. Do you like, you know, questions for intercourse? Is there any pain for intercourse? And if there's any hint of pain, I do not start on um, quick Kegels. Long Kegels that they have, the endurance, that's fine. Um, but quick Kegels will really ramp up pain and spasm and tension. Um, so I really use my questioning for the patients. Do you have trouble emptying your bladder? Because that could be a lot of pelvic floor tension internally that when you're, when you go to urinate normally, those muscles should relax and let the urine pass through. But if that patient's telling me, yeah, I'm having trouble it takes me a really long time to get my urine out. Well, then that's signaling to me, okay, if she's got that and pain with intercourse, I'm not giving her, you know, I'm not going to give her short giggles. So I will do as much yeah. um, external pelvic floor release as I can. And I will, you can even get to a deep obturator muscle externally. So I do that and I release that. Um, so there's stuff that, that like that that we can do externally. If the patient is really in pain, I have had plenty of OBs okay me to go internal and release so that we can bring comfort to the mama, the bee, and then start strengthening. But also, um, there's also on the Theraball. I did this when I was pregnant, and I did, you know, figure eight circles counterclockwise just to start relaxing my pelvic floor in preparation for um, you know, childbirth. And I would also say, you know, really start that belly breathing. And I encourage my patients to breathe into their pelvic floor to really relax the muscles and start kind of training, mind training them to let go. Because once you're in that much pain, it is very hard to try and like all of a sudden teach your muscles how to do that. So the most, you know, the more that you get in touch with that region beforehand, the better off you're going to be during, you know, going through the labor and all that kind of stuff. Also, working on your core. So um, learning how to contract your transversus abdominis before you, you know, go and get into your second and third trimesters, like learning how to do that in your first trimester, because then your women's health physical therapist can teach you positions for contracting that. And then we can do the position so that the baby, as it's growing, the fetus as it's growing, serves as a built-in weight. So, like, you know, you up your dumbbells and cool. everything. 
Well, we can throw you in certain positions and have you be strengthening your abdominals in a safe way to prevent any further, you know, diastasis or all that kind of stuff, but also to strengthen and support your back. But then as you're going, you might be like, okay, today I can do this and it feels pretty easy. But then tomorrow the fetus grew and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, this same position is so hard. I have to totally relearn how to do this. So it's kind of cool because we can progress. And then as the baby grows, we kind of have to re-figure out like, okay, well, you were here. But now that muscle's being pulled a little bit further out. So we need to kind of refigure out where you are to keep giving you a good challenge without over-challenging those abdominals and your balance. So it's kind of cool. There's a lot you can do during pregnancy. I, Like I said, I've had a lot of um, pregnant patients coming in, and that's it's really fun to progress them along. And I just had one um, pregnant patient that she said during her first pregnancy, she just had so much pelvic pain, back pain, tailbone pain, everything. Uh So she came into me in the first trimester because she was having the amount of pain that she had at the end in the first trimester of her second pregnancy. So I worked with her from her first pregnancy until she had the baby. And she was like, I feel so good. I feel so good. I barely have any pain. I feel so strong. And we, I mean, I kept working with her until two days before she had the baby. And she just felt awesome. You oh, know? That's awesome. She's like, I'm coming back after I have this baby. Once I'm cleared, like I'm coming in because it, I see the difference that it makes. And, you know, like you, you enter a mm-hmm. second pregnancy weaker. And every, and every consecutive pregnancy, yeah. you enter into it weaker than you did that first pregnancy. And so for her to actually have the ability to compare the two, you're like, oh my gosh, I came, I went into that weaker and in pain, but I left that pregnancy feeling stronger and no pain because of the exercises and the manual therapy that we were doing. It was amazing. It was really cool though. No, that's so amazing. And I love that or, that people are yes. coming in during pregnancy because, I mean, like I had a exactly. that I had known Exactly. More. And, um, you know, I am out of network. Um, most of us are going that direction. And because of that, you can come in because you want to. <laughs> like you can come in preventatively if you want to you know like you don't have to wait for something to be going wrong to get put on an exercise program which I think is amazing and that's the way that ma- that medicine should go like we should be able to prevent issues I mean we are the carrier of the children we give up our bodies <laughs> our bodies go through the most amazing changes so I really think that it's awesome that women are realizing that, hey, I, I want to do this for my body, to thank it for all that it's doing for our family and everything else. So I love the fact that women are realizing the difference that it makes, and they're making the choice for themselves that this is important for me, for the baby. And if the mom's body is a happier place, it's a healthier pregnancy. It's going to be a happier pregnancy all around. Yeah. And, and just in so many ways, too, it, it's such a way to yes. give yourself yes. healing just from your, from your birth 
from yeah. each like each experiences in life that you know that we we just give ourselves absolutely an actually yeah. heal. Um, so what should we be looking for? So, in the um, of course, painful lacerations, tearing, all that kind of stuff can be addressed uh, with physical therapy. Um, you know, we can do scar tissue mobilization breakup. Um, you want to also look for incoordination of your pelvic floor. So um, the muscles won't work like they used to. You don't have the same control, a weak pelvic floor. So incontinence. Um diastasis, so any lower abdominal pain, and even if there's no pain, um, any weakness that you feel in that lower abdominal area, if you notice a gapping or a bulging um, along the midline of your abdomen, that could be signs of that. Low back pain, pubic discomfort, so your pubic bone can actually split during pregnancy. I actually had this. This was extremely painful. (laughs) So, um, but PT can help with that, and it can also last even after you're pregnant. So um, PT can help strengthen um, the whole area around it. Um, also, queefing. Um, so during yoga and all that, I've heard that a lot of women have trouble with queefing, which is basically like a vaginal fart, to put it very bluntly. And so yeah. totally not very <laughs> nice to have going on. It can be very embarrassing. But PT can help with this and strengthening and all that. Um, You want to look for pelvic heaviness, which can be a sign of uh, prolapse of any of the organs. Um, Postpartum women have also been known to be one of the most undertreated portions of the population just because all of emphasis goes to that newborn baby, which absolutely that should. But our society shouldn't ignore you know, the person that just delivered that baby and just uh, went through, you know, months yeah. and months and months of change because that's that's a lot for her to go through. So um, just not, not neglecting if you're noticing some changes. My gosh, I had um, patients come in and they're just, they just ex- think that it's okay to be in pain afterwards. And because they thought that they, that, that was okay. It was actually something that was missed um, in, you know, delivery and everything that, you know, they needed to go back and actually, you know, get help from the physician. So mommies don't accept being in pain. Like, I mean, of course there's vaginal soreness afterwards, but if it does not improve within, you know, that normal um, postpartum time, please get help. Um, you can, you know, and you can even come to PT, you know, like I'm not going to go internal until you have that OB checkup, that clearance, but I can start, you know, working diastasis and, you know, external strengthening and stuff like that. I'm not going to do anything hardcore, but making sure your alignment's right, getting that transversus back to contracting because the awareness can be totally off after you deliver um, vaginally, much less a C-section, all that. I mean, of course, I always say get clearance from your doctor, um, but then we, we're here to help. We're, we are always here to help. And just don't put yourself on the back burner. Don't accept pain. Don't accept incontinence. Like, un, like incontinence is common, but it should not be the norm. That is not okay. So don't accept this because... We all no. need to realize that gravity is pulling one direction, right? 
So we're only getting older. We're only walking around more, going running, playing with our kids. So if we don't get on top of this now, what's it going to be like in 10 years after we've walked around for 10 more years and we didn't get help 10 years ago? So now the problem's even worse. You know, it's like, and the thing is, I have patients coming in and they, you know, come in for Kegels and, you know, incontinence work now. And then they're always more than welcome to come in, you know, once a month, once a, you know, once every while, just for like a brush up. Hey, do I still have good technique? I am here. Yeah. This is what I do. I am more than happy to, you know, take an hour once a month just to brush you up on your technique to make sure you're doing good, you know, or step it up a notch. We can always step it up a notch. We can take your kegels in a standing or do it with squats, you know, like do it. I want to match you with where you are and what you need, basically. Yeah, because, yeah, Jill, I just want to thank you for everything you do and for the women in the community because you are your healer and you're, and especially even for like, I had mm-hmm. kept this off for three years. Yeah. We're like, yeah. Well, maybe I can fix this doing this or I'll watch all the webinars. And then finally it was like, Jessica, what are you doing? Like go to somebody who knows how to do this right. and get the help and the healing that you need. And yeah. Like it makes such a huge difference. And now like, okay, this is right. what I know for myself and also what I can do. Absolutely. My Absolutely. Well, I and I always and tell a lot of I can... moms specifically, if your daughter was having this problem or your mom was having this problem or your next door neighbor was having this problem and they, you would tell you them, would tell them to... or you would run to your daughter or your mom, or you would offer to go to the appointment with your friend and you would not tell them, Oh, don't do that mm-hmm. right now. Put everybody else first. No, you need to, you need to make time. You need to honor yourself. You need to honor your body for the job that it's done and the job that it needs to continue to do. So yeah, that's what I always, I always just find women saying, but the kids, but the kids and I get it. I'm a mom. I get it. Like their little needs have to come first, but at some point you have to take care of yourself or you are going to be suffering and you want to be the mom that you want to be for these kids. You want to run around with them and not be in pain. You want, you know, you want to be able to sit and watch their meats without having tailbone pain, like nagging at you. So you can't focus on them. So yes, that's my message is get, get help, get help for yourself, just like you would for anybody else. Thank you so much for your Jill. And I just want to ask, what are your favorite resources sure. for so there's, to learn more? And yeah, there's can um, find you online. There's the sectional women's health um, portion of the APTA, the American Physical Therapy Association. It's womenshealthapta.org. Um, and there's a PT locator on there that you should be able to find someone near you. Um, of course, I always say, listen to my videos on my Facebook business page. Um, There's a lot of education on there that I think is a lot of help for many, many women. Um, You can find my website, arnoldphysicaltherapy.com. I'm also Arnold Physical Therapy on Facebook, on Yelp, and Google. Um, Yeah, that's 
that's where I am. That's where you can find me. All right. Thank you, Jill. And I know during COVID that yeah. you'll be offering virtual services. Can you yeah. Tell us a real so quick I note have about been that? doing both. Um, it sounds strange, but I have been doing both pelvic floor, back pain, all that kind of stuff um, via telehealth. It's been a learning curve for me because a lot of people come for my hands. So I've had to really think outside the box, um, but the patients have been great. They've been willing to try something new and we were able to get somebody's back pain better. Um, and I'm, I'm thankfully my patients have these tools, the dilator, the Theralon, so I can take it from what they're already doing for homework and turn it into self-treatment a little bit, which they've done really well with. Um, I actually had a brand new patient. I've never met her in person, <laughs> um, a couple, but I've never met them in person and only on telehealth. So that's pretty cool. And we're, we're doing pelvic floor work together and I'm just guiding them. They're giving me feedback on what they say. Now, I am not looking at their vagina over the computer. That does not happen. Do not worry. I just realized how that sounds. That is not happening. Um, it's kind of like they're telling me what's going on. I'm giving them some ideas of what to work on. I might have them, anything that I have them do with me there is all pants on. You know, everything is, is clothed. Don't worry about that. Anything that I have them try um, vaginally or internally is going to be without me there. So I... They take notes or I, you know, will send them directions and all that kind of stuff. And then we meet up again. They let me know how it is. We tweet things, all that kind of stuff. So I have my hesitations for can this really be done? But it's surprisingly to, to a limit because some point they need a professional's help. But, um, but progress can be made and relief can be had over telehealth kind of cool kind of something new for me but it's worked well okay, very cool jill and again thank you so much for coming on and yeah hey jess i just want to put one more word in because a lot of women mm -hmm. throw a lot of money into makeup and hair products and clothing and all that and i am totally fine with that but I just want to put a little plug in um, that if I could wave my magic wand, like you said, what would I do? And I would have everybody just realize that they're taking care of the outsides of their body. But it's kind of ignoring the insides. And like the makeup, the hair products, the clothing, that's not going to be with you your whole life long. And so I just would like everybody yeah. to realize that their body deserves as much time, energy, money as their outward appearance. And your pelvic floor can be the source of your feminine, you know, femininity and honor it because, you know, when it doesn't feel good, it can affect you to your core. And I have seen women when their prolapse is hanging out or when they're, you know, leaking to the point that it prevents them from going out. Or, you know, anything. And it, the look on their face, the amount of pain that they're in, 
it just like it's so sad to me when it could have been prevented if they would have gotten on it years and years and years ago so just while we're you know while we're supporting you know like the makeup lines and all that kind of stuff please don't ignore yourself and your pelvic floor region because when things go wrong it can be very embarrassing and it's harder to get it back on track when it's like we have to peel back layers years and years layers of that onion to get to the cause so really it's a pain but put the time the energy the money into it now so that it's not as big of an issue later on basically is what i'm trying to say so just honor your pelvic floor it's pretty cool area I mean, and honestly, like our, our bodies are, we're, we're a deck right. of cards. We're literally a house made of cards. So exactly. when you pull out exactly. that card, it's going to come crumbling. And when you have a muscle that's not wow, or right. when you have the start of a pro, not understanding why this is hurting. My exactly. hip has always hurt since I had my first, you know, all these things that you just talked up to life when no that you, your body can feel right. Your body can right. professional. Totally help. agree. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. Hey friends, this is Jessica Boatman from Living Heart Doula and Wellness Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing, follow us on social. You can find us under Living Heart Doula on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. Pregnancy and postpartum means we need to take care of ourselves in ways we never expected. Whether you're battling morning sickness, eczema, or healing from birth, Earth Mama Organics has a product to take care of you and baby too. Made with certified organic ingredients you can trust. Grab your favorite products and get 20% off when you spend $50 or more using code BUILDYOURBUNDLE.